We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. This is the latest installment of Mavs Step Back Live. Man. What a time it is to be a Dallas Mavericks fan, to be a Dallas Mavericks media member covering this team. Uh, They're playing the best basketball they've played the entire season right now. They've won six straight games. Uh, Just night and day difference from what we saw from this team at the beginning of the year. And, I mean, you got to give Coach Jason Kidd some credit. He has has preached defense to this team uh, from day one. And they have bought in to what he's teaching, and you know the results speak for themselves. I mean, they, they, this is an incredible run this team is on. Uh, you know, they held both the the best team in the West, which is the Warriors, to eighty two points last week, and they won ninety nine to eighty two. Last night, the best team in the East, the Chicago Bulls, they hold them to ninety nine points. One of the best offensive teams in the league. Uh, it's just, it's on, and they won by 14, 113 to 99. So I just, I can't really believe how good they're playing right now. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Uh, it's, it's a great thing to see. Uh, Luca came back from his one game absence. He missed that Rockets game the other night. Uh, and then he came back and put up 22 points, 14 assists and 14 rebounds. Uh, you know, he, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well but he did towards the end of the game and he did typical Luca stuff so I mean just everything is going right for this team right now the defense has played so well for so long now that I think we can legitimately say it's for real like I I don't think it's going anywhere uh you know obviously we'd like to see the Mavs upgrade in a couple of spots around the roster just to kind of solidify things and make things a little bit more consistent from certain areas. But, I mean, overall, they have really set the foundation for, you know, what could be a really, really interesting second part of this season and postseason. Because the style of that, you know, the Mavs were good last season. But, you know, this style of basketball they're playing now, opposed to what they were playing under Rick Carlisle, this is the kind of basketball – 
that you can win postseason games with. You can win a, a playoff series with this kind of basketball because, you know, like Kid has said previously this season, you know, when shots stop falling, you have to fall back on something else. And this team is able to fall back on their defense. They're able to win ugly. And I'm just, I'm just thrilled. I haven't felt this way about a Dallas Mavericks team since 2011. And, you know, given even going into that postseason, I was kind of, you know, skeptical, even though they had proven to be a, to have been a good defensive team in the regular season. But, you know, just that same feeling, that confidence uh, you have around a squad. I mean, I just, I haven't really had that feeling until now. And a lot of that's because of how good Luca is, and he hasn't really peaked yet this season. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with just the team in general, how they've performed. You know, uh, Josh Green has been absolutely outstanding uh, here lately. He had a season high or a career high, 17 points against the Rockets. And it's like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's Houston. They're bottom of the West. And, you know, Luca wasn't playing, yada, yada. Well, then against Chicago, the stakes are higher. He goes out and one-ups himself and scores 18 points. You know, he's catching alley-oops, he's driving and hitting tough layups, playing great defense. Uh, he even hit a three, <laughs> a contested three. Uh, so it's great to see Josh Green developing. I mean, there were people who were wanting Josh Green to, you know, either be traded or cut before this season. You know, that that's crazy. I mean, a, a first-round draft pick and people want, wanting him gone – you know, before his second season even started. So he's showing what he can do with this coaching staff and stealing confidence in him. He's developing rapidly before our eyes, and it's a great thing to see. I'm super thrilled for him. Uh, and it's worth noting that the Mavs are doing all this without Kristaps Porzingis. And Porzingis has played well this year. You know, he is – you know, for the most part, aside from his three-point shooting, he's had a really solid season for the Mavs. But I've mentioned it so many times before, he doesn't really affect winning or losing for this team. He, uh, you know, despite having a good season individually, he still doesn't fit perfectly next to Luka. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm almost wondering if his trade value has, has gone up given his – Given his good play this year, I don't know how much it would have gone up, but I do think it has gone up a little bit. And I wonder if this stretch, this recent stretch, has made Nico Harrison and uh, you know maybe even Mark Cuban think like, man, maybe we should try and trade him while he's been playing well this year. And you know, it seems that we we seem to do just fine without him. So you know, get what you can while you can with with Porzingis, but. All right, I've rambled enough here at the beginning. I'm going to start bringing people up. Uh, we're also going to get into some uh, some trade rumor stuff that's come up here recently. Uh, as soon as – and that might come up with some of these speakers. We will see how it goes. But, all right, let's see. Max Turner, you were first. Max, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going great. Thanks for having me on here, Dalton. This is the first time I've been able to make it to one of your green rooms, uh, so I'm pretty excited. I also follow some of Kirk's as well, uh, but I've been meaning to, so happy well, to be up here. I'm glad you came up, and uh, you know, I'm not as I'm not as religious about coming on here as Kirk because I've just got I've got so many different things going on. I 
I have to just do it when I can do it. But uh, I do love doing these rooms, and uh, we do some watch parties on uh, on the Playback app too. Uh, we've started doing that now, which is kind of like Green Room, but you know, it kind of you have these little bubbles, and it's video bubbles, and it kind of makes Matt and I the uh, kind of the announcers for games. So it's a pretty cool experience too. But uh, glad to have you, man. What you got for me? Yeah, so the first thing, um, probably some other people are going to do this as well. Just want to heap some praise uh, onto Josh Green. Uh, loving all the vibes based on everything going on with him and had a couple takes that I had regarding Josh Green in general. Um, I think one thing we saw last year was a bit of Carlisle wanting Josh Green to be that role of like a three-point shooter and didn't give him much range to kind of just be out there and play basketball, if that makes sense. So I kind of wanted to hear your take on it, but my thing was I think he's, for one, easily the best off-the-ball cutter that we have on the team. He may be the only off-the-ball cutter based on what I see sometimes, but I love that he, yes, he sometimes does kind of run around like a chicken with his head cut off, but it works out when he has, when his basketball instincts are correct. He gets to the rim for some easy layups and good cuts, which works really well with a lot of our other players, like especially Jalen and uh, Dirk, <laughs> Luka Doncic. So I've just really been loving what I'm seeing with the off the ball cutting for him. It definitely adds a different dynamic to our offense. And so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Okay. So Josh Green is far and away the best cutter the Mavs have. I mean, that's, that's not even a question in my opinion. I, I think that's true of, uh, he, he's probably the most athletic player that they have on the team right now, too. But, uh, you know, Rick Carlisle, even when he did play rookies every now and then, it's almost like he had this he had this idea of what guys were, you know, even if they hadn't really developed and you don't you really don't know what they are until you let them do their own thing. And he kind of forced guys into doing certain things that they weren't comfortable doing. And that, I think that's what you got into with Josh Green. Even when he was playing last year, it's just he was put in a situation where he was doing stuff he wasn't comfortable doing. And, you know, Jason Kidd and uh, Sean Sweeney said after the game last night that, you know, Jason Kidd has just kind of hammered it home to Josh Green, just play hard, play hard all the time. He, you know, it doesn't matter if you turn the ball over. It doesn't matter – you know, if, if, if something bad happens, just keep playing hard, play through it and good things will happen. And that's the kind of player Josh Green is. That's how he was playing in Arizona. Uh, that's how he played last season, even though, you know, it wasn't the, the greatest season, rookie season for him, even when he got opportunities. But, you know, they've, this coaching staff has made Green comfortable in his own skin and you're seeing the results from it. You know, Jalen Brunson, said that uh, Green is like the hardest worker ever, like in the weight room, off the court. Uh, he does the things necessary to, you know, ensure that he's growing and developing going forward. So he puts in the work. He's confident now. Uh, he's only, what, 22, I believe? Uh, so, or 21 maybe, 21 or 22. So, I mean, the Mavs really might have something here. His his defense, even when he's not going offensively, you know, that's always going to be a cherry on top. That's a plus, like we saw against Chicago. But even when he's not doing that, his the way he helps the defense is very noticeable. Like, he, he helps everybody else out on defense with his active hands, 
Uh, he's good at staying in front of guys. He can fight over screens. Uh, you know, sometimes he can get a little bit overzealous and, and foul guys coming, uh, trying to fight across screens, but that's not as consistent as it was last year. So uh, he's worked on that part of his game. I'm just really encouraged by it, man. And uh, and like you said, all those, all that cutting that he does, you know, even when the offense kind of stalls, all it takes is one good cut, and you know, you end up with an easy basket. And uh, we haven't even talked about his passing. <laughs> he he's arguably the Mavs, you know, second or th- I'm not going to say second anymore because Jalen Brunson has developed so nicely this year, but he's arguably the Mavs' third best passer on the team. His vision is incredible. He has good, uh, very, very high basketball IQ. Uh, and I'm, I'm just – I'm absolutely thrilled with, with how he's developed. So um, anything else you got for me, Max? Uh, just one uh, one more thing really quickly, and it kind of segues into what you were saying with J- uh, Jalen Brunson. I just wanted to comment on and talk a little bit about him. Uh, he's been just so great this year, and I think it's kind of the same deal – uh, where he's kind of been just given the reins and given the opportunity to be himself more by Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd probably sees a lot of himself in Jalen Brunson. Like the more that I watch him, especially with how he's kind of developing his three point shot. And he has like that kind of vision where he's maybe not the most athletic point guard, but he's stout. So he can sometimes even play defense, uh, you know, low post on some guys sometimes, you know, maybe not as good as Jason Kidd could back in the day but he's a stout defender. You know, he's not really getting bodied, but he can at the same time also body people on the offensive end. So even if he has a guy that's 6'5 guarding him, he just gets to their stomach, gets a little bit of space, and, you know, he's great with the mid-range shot. So I've been just loving what I'm seeing with Jalen Brunson. I mean, I've seen some of your articles, like very sad that we don't have him as a team option, but our, uh, you know, anything with his you know contract isn't great, but I think we'll hopefully get that worked out. But I just wanted to hear some of your thoughts on that real quick, and then we could just move on. But I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming on, Max. And, uh, yeah, look, Jalen Brunson has been great. Uh, I am very sad that uh, Donnie Nelson or who, whoever it was, it, it had to have been Donnie Nelson because he handles the contract stuff. But, you know, to, to get him on a contract uh, the way it was set up to where he's now going to be an unrestricted free agent, free agent at the end of the year, that was not smart. Uh, but, you know, as I wrote on DallasBasketball.com a few weeks ago, it was when Luca was still out, you know, Jalen, he upped his level of play uh, as a starter. It was obvious that he's a starting caliber point guard in the league. And I made the point that when Luca comes back, they have to keep Jalen Brunson in the starting lineup going forward because they can offer to pay him more money in the offseason, but if he's still coming off the bench and he has that lesser role, there's always the chance that he could look elsewhere for a bigger role somewhere else and be the starting point guard for another team. So it was vital that they made that change. And kudos to Jason Kidd and the coaching staff again. They've made that change. It's worked out extremely well for them, just like, you know, just like we all thought it would. Uh, some people had reservations about the defensive abilities of, you know, Brunson and uh, Brunson and Doncic backcourt. Uh, but like you said, Max, Jalen's not a pushover defensively. You know, he's smaller. He has his disadvantages here and there, depending on who he's guarding. But, you know, he's strong. He's a bull in a china shop. 
<laughs> you're you're not going to bulldoze over Jalen Brunson easily. He's going to make you work for it. So uh, he's not a great defender, but he's not a pushover either. He is more than capable of holding his own. And just the collective effort from everybody on the defensive end, the connectivity that they have is what is what's making this thing really go. Uh, and then you have your vital pieces like Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, who's come alive lately, uh, keeping everybody connected and, you know, active hands, deflections, you know, rotating quick. It, it's making guys work as hard as humanly possible to score a basket on them. And I hope that energy keeps up for the rest of the season because, I mean, this team's going to win a bunch of games the rest of the year if, if it does. So very happy with how Jalen Brunson has played. I'm glad he's in the starting lineup for the foreseeable future unless something weird happens. And uh, I think it's going to make a big difference in the offseason when it comes time to pay him because now he's got the bigger role and he's going to get the pay raise. And I think that increases the Mavs' chances uh, of keeping him. And they, they probably had a great chance of keeping him regardless, but it just makes you feel better knowing that he's got the bigger role now. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, next up, Christian. Christian, what's up, man? Hey, Dalton, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm still riding a riding a high from last night. You know, had a we had a bunch of stuff on the website jumping with the recap and you know takeaway pieces afterwards. And I see my guy Jeremy Brenner's in the in the chat here. He had Mavs donuts up bright and early this morning, so. It's all going great right now, man. Just uh, just a great night. It's been a great run, and uh, glad to have you back on here. It's always nice getting Yeah, it's always a pleasure being back, and I'm a Mavs and Raider fan, so last night was Very nice. <laughs> just, it, it, the emotions, because, you know, we got down like 10 to the Bulls, and I'm like, oh, man, here we go again. The Raiders had a 15-point lead, let them tie it up literally to close the game. And it it was just a bunch of emotions. And I got my booster shot yesterday, so I feel like my body didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, But, you know, I I just think that uh, getting back to a couple of points, with Jalen, he has for sure been our most, even more than Luka, KP, etc., just – consistent like knowing that you can rely on him virtually every game of course there's going to be down games no one plays 82 games of you know being the same person same shooting splits etc um but 
He's a serviceable defender. He's small, but against quick-footed guards, he does well. And I think that's, uh, you know, Dorian's a good defender, but against quick-footed guards, he he really lacks. Um, And I think that's been good. Uh, I think that, you know, ultimately having that second ball handler next to Luca and playing those significant minutes together will help in the playoffs. One thing I'd really like to see him improve on is when he gets trapped, uh, you saw the Warriors do it, and you saw him struggle to kind of get the ball out of that. Um, And, you know, in the playoffs, I could see that happening a lot. So if he improves on that, I mean, he's really going to be in a good place. And then with uh, Josh Green, I remember – it wasn't Mavs draft. It, it was one of the draft profiles, though, that essentially said, you know, if things go right for him, he's like Andre Iguodala. And, of course, that was assuming kind of he reaches his full ceiling. Uh, but I think you do get some of those vibes in the sense of, you know, Andre was a kind of similar athlete. Andre, I think, was more of an athlete in a sense than – Uh, Josh Green but he kind of does a little bit of everything which is nice he's for sure our best cutter Uh, he's a fantastic passer probably our third maybe you know to some even second best passer Uh, you know he's getting to the rim his stroke looks a lot better but I really think what it comes down to is last year didn't he look like just every time he had the ball he was like afraid to dribble and just wanted to get rid of it as soon as possible. That's really, you know, kind of what it seemed like, right? Right, right. And look, I mean, look, I, I like that comparison, you know, as far as style of play and everything. But another one I really like, and I don't know if I don't know if you know uh, Blake Weir, but he's he kind of lurks in the shadows of Mavs Twitter, and we talk in uh, Twitter DMs every now and then. But you know, a few weeks back. It was when Josh Green started playing more and, you know, he was he really hadn't shown as much on offense as he has these last couple of games. But he 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 labeled him uh, baby Ben Simmons, (laughs) which obviously obviously not the uh, obviously not the the off the court issues and stuff like that. But, you know, as far as being a really good defender, uh, you know, and just not having the offensive stuff. That's where he, he got that from. So I kind of like that comparison. I, I think, you know, it's obviously Green is a shooting guard and Ben Simmons, he thinks he's a point guard, but he should really be a power forward. Uh, but, I mean, I kind of like that comparison. What do you think? I mean, I can see it. I think with the athletic – like, I think Ben Simmons, uh, you know, the hate is gone gone – you know, very extreme and I get it right. You know, when someone fails to work on something at their craft to at least make it make defenders respect his jump shot. Um, But I do like it. I mean, passer, uh, physical defender. The one thing I would say, like, I think Josh Green is a good defender right now, a good NBA defender. But and it's such a harder thing to grasp because it's never the same. When he learns to navigate screens well, and I think Reggie Bullock is someone that he can kind of uh, watch and learn from, because Reggie usually, obviously everyone has their their downs, but 
uh, is very crafty in navigating screens. And I don't think when he's defending a player that they ever think the same thing. Sometimes he'll surprise them by going under and because he fights through and just the craftiness in which he does it uh, can surprise them. But I think that's the one glaring thing on defense where if Josh Green does learn to navigate screens uh, well, that you can see him being a really, really good defender because he has almost a Tony Allen body, just like a strong kind of girthy body. Uh, So I could see him taking that next leap. But, um, you know, I, I think that we're in a place right now that I'm grateful for because at the beginning of the year, if you told me that we can comfortably play Josh Green 10 to 20 minutes a night and he isn't a negative and is actually a positive out there, I would have taken that every single time. Um, well, yeah, and I mean, look, you, you got to – it's one of those things where the Mavs, to reach this level that they're at right now, they had to get something from him. You know, that, that draft, you know, just exploded – you know, in a bad way. It, you know, Tyrell Terry got cut uh, before the season started. He didn't make it past his rookie year. Uh, you traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson and Tyler Bay. Uh, Tyler Bay is not on the team anymore. Uh, Josh Richardson is not on the team anymore. He got traded for Moses. Moses, you know, he means well, but he can't. He can't finish at the rim. Uh, <laughs> he's still young, but you know, very, very raw and really hasn't given you too much, to be completely honest. But so, I mean, they really needed Josh Green to pan out in some form, in some way, some form, because, I mean, uh, given their draft history, you know, Luca and Jalen in 2018, that's, you know, by far and away the best draft they've had since probably Josh Howard. And then before that, it was Dirk. <laughs> so that's that's a two decade span. Yeah, and, you know, I I think if we're all being honest, we're still, even today, going to take Maxi, Bay, or Bain over Josh Green. But the point is, this is the reality that we're in. And to see it kind of coming to fruition, and to your earlier point, like, he's young. I mean, I think he's 21, going to turn 22 this year. Someone correct me, please, if I'm wrong. Um But, you know, at the end of the day, he still has a couple years to where he's even Desmond Bain's age. And I don't think he'll ever be a better player than Desmond Bain because Desmond Bain's absolutely fantastic. Um, But I do think from what we're seeing now, and there's clear development from year one to year two. And I think that that's the most promising thing. Even if he wasn't putting up these numbers – the biggest thing is seeing that improvement to where if this can continue and he makes that, you know, sophomore to junior leap, uh, I think we could really be working with something. And I think the most important thing for him is if he does two things, really his ceiling is pretty high. And that's, you know, like I said, navigating the screens uh, and hitting his threes is really what it's going to come down to long term. And his stroke looks nice. Like, it's a quicker release. Um, He's not, you know, jumping three feet in the air every time that he shoots the ball. 
which is good, kind of having that center of balance. And I think ultimately, um, you know, we have our pick this year. I, I really think, uh, you know, I know you're going to get into the Miles Turner stuff in a bit, so I don't want to uh, circumvent any of that. Um, but the two glaring needs is a big man. You know, we have seven and none of them are actually, you know, starter material outside of KP, but he's playing the four and a shooter, which, you know, again, it would have been nice if we had Seth, but I like, uh, you know, some of the options, like I don't want to butcher his name, but Ochai Agbaji, um, the kid out of Kansas uh, would be exactly, I think, what we need. And, um, you know, I'm just – we're not that far away. And the most important thing, I think what it comes down to, it's been preached for years, but it comes down to our defense. And I said uh, last night, if we held the bulls under 106 points, I would be an official believer in this uh, defense. And sure as sure enough, they, they actually kept them under a hundred, which keeping the warriors to 82 and the bulls to under a hundred within a week span, I, it's kind of hard not to believe in this deep. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, Christian, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me as always, always a, a good chat with you. And uh, I mean, look, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make any bones about it. I was a believer in green from day one. I really thought that was a good pick for them uh, based on his potential. Uh, now, we, we all agreed that, you know, Josh Green's offense was very raw and he was going to take a little bit of time to develop. But, you know, I really liked the pick at the time, you know. And I really liked Desmond Bain, too. I would have been perfectly fine with the Mavs taking Desmond Bain at number 18. But I wasn't mad at the Josh Green pick either. And right now he's showing you, you know, what we all envisioned uh, him being with this Mavs team. So I'm I'm really thrilled that he has started to ramp up his development and he's looked at the way that he does. Uh, before I bring on our next speaker, I do want to kind of start to get into the Miles Turner stuff because this is going to be the last thing we really talk about before I jump off here. But uh, the Athletic reported today that, you know, trade talks are starting to heat up. Uh, there's a lot of interest in Miles Turner and the first two teams that, that, uh, the athletic mentioned was uh, the Mavs and hold on. Can't remember it off the top of my head. It was the Mavs and somebody else. But anyway, uh, the Mavs have expressed interest in, in Miles Turner. And, you know, this is kind of one of those things where the Mavs have been tied to Miles Turner for what seems like the last four years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly if anything will happen from this, but uh, you know, I mentioned it before, Nico Harrison, he's had time to kind of get his feet wet now. Uh, he's had time to talk with other NBA executives and, you know, kind of learn the ropes a little bit. It was it was too early, and, the, you know, the free agency class wasn't really that great this past offseason. Uh, but even if it had been, you know, Nico, he was, what, less than two months uh, from being hired, being thrown into that free agency period. So, I mean, I think he did well given the time frame of that and what there was to offer. Uh, but, you know, now he's had a chance to look at this team and really, you know, assess it. And he made the comments that his job was to 
basically build this roster to best fit Jason Kidd's needs. He's very good friends with Jason Kidd. He said that he and Kidd challenge each other all the time, uh, you know, in a friendly way, a competitive way. Uh, so I really do expect Nico Harrison to make some type of move. Uh, and Miles Turner would be just an excellent fit with this Mavs team. Um, I was talking with our guy, uh, Grant Afseth. Uh, if y'all don't follow him on Twitter, you should. He puts up a ton of great uh, analysis content for us at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, and I was talking with him because he's more in tune to what, you know, the Pacers' needs are than I am. So I wanted to talk with him before I do this, <laughs> before I do this next Miles Turner trade piece that I'm thinking about writing uh, to just kind of see what the needs were. And he, he was saying that, you know, the Pacers want more win now pieces. Uh, and here's my, here was my proposal. And we have to take into consideration a couple things here. One, Miles Turner and Luka Doncic have the same agent, Billy Duffy. That's the first thing. Second thing, the pieces that the Mavs would send back to the Pacers. You know, uh, Rick Carlisle has a lot of familiarity with some of these guys, and we know how he feels about some of them. So my proposal, given or knowing that, you know, the Pacers won't win now pieces for Miles, you know, for Miles Turner or any kind of trade, my proposal is Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, and maybe – if it's needed, you know, uh, a protected first-round draft pick, maybe the 2025 first-round draft pick protected uh, for Miles Turner and Jeremy Lamb, who is on a, um, I think, $11 million expiring contract. So uh, the money works out almost perfectly there, and you get two players who Rick Carlisle has a lot of admiration for, uh, a true pro and Tim Hardaway Jr. who fit very well into Rick Carlisle's system. You know, we've seen a drop-off uh, this year from THJ, but and most people think it's just a fit thing. You know, uh, THJ is still a good player. He just – offensively, he just fit a little bit better into Rick Carlisle's system than he has into Jason Kidd's so far. So I could see that working. We obviously know how much uh, Rick Carlisle loves Maxie. He gives you a little bit more – he gives you like the uh, – to a degree, he gives you the same amount of uh, shot blocking, not near as much as Miles Turner, but he gives you a little bit of that. Uh, and then he's a, he's more of a spot-up three-point shooter uh, than, than Miles Turner is. So he's a better fit next to Sabonis, you know, in, in my opinion. And, I, again, I talked this over with, uh, with my guy Grant, but – uh, you know, he. I could see something like that working, and maybe, maybe you don't have to do the uh, the draft pick and something like that, depending on what the other offers are. But you know, based on the other teams that are interested, like I saw, I think the Charlotte Hornets were. Um, I think the Mouse would probably have to add a pick in there to you know to make something work. But I think. I don't think we're in pipe dream territory here, guys. I think this is actually something that could legitimately happen. And if it does, oh, my gosh, I, I've wanted Turner on the Mavs for so long. Uh, he, he would be an outstanding fit. And, you know, today marks the one month, Mark. You know, there's one month left until the NBA trade deadline. And so things are going to start heating up here in the next couple of weeks. And I can't wait to see what the Mavs do this year. 
you know, if anything. We, we, we try not to get our expectations too high based on how it's been in the past, but, you know, it's, it's been too long since the Mavs have really done something juicy. <laughs> so I, I just feel I have a feeling that's going to happen this year and I'm ready for it. But all right, we're going to bring up our last speaker here. This is my guy, Ike. Been on here before. Ike, how you doing? Ike, can you hear me? All right, we may have lost Ike. Hold on. Okay, so Ike is not there. <laughs> <laughs> remove him so like i said I, I really do think that uh that something's going to end up happening with the mavs they need you know they're playing so well right now uh the defense is sustainable the offense continues to get better before the bulls game um uh, the mavs had the 17th best offensive rating in the nba which is not great but like two, two and a half weeks ago, they were at 26. <laughs> and before that, uh, before the Bulls game, they were uh, 12th in offensive rating over their last 10 games. So that has gotten consistently better as guys, guys' three-point percentages have regressed to the mean. And they're still not where they're, where they usually are. You know, Reggie Bullock still isn't even close to where he was the last couple of years. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., if they keep him, he hasn't been shooting it as well as what he usually does. Uh, Luca is down four percentage point, almost four percentage points in three-point shooting from what he was last year. Uh, you know, KP is still under 30%. So, I mean, there, there's a lot going on that makes you think, man, they could get even better somehow. <laughs> it seems impossible to say because of the streak they're on, but, I mean, they really do have room for improvement, and that's really encouraging going forward. Uh, okay, Ike is back. We're going to give it one more shot here. Ike, what's up, man? Okay, I don't think Ike is going to – may have to update your app or something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Uh all right, guys. Well, look, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I really appreciate y'all joining me. Love coming on here and talking hoops with y'all when I can. Uh, we are giving away tickets to the Mavs and Thunder game. on uh, It's next Monday night. So January 17th, we're giving away two sets of two tickets. Uh, if you go to my Twitter page, I put the details there. But basically, all you have to do for a chance to win is give us a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You know, either one, doesn't matter. Uh, and then just make sure you're following myself, uh, Matt Galatson, and the pod account on Twitter. That's it. So uh, we will – I'm probably going to give this until Friday, and then on Friday we'll announce our two sets of winners. I'm going to pick a winner for two tickets, and then Matt's going to pick a winner for two tickets. So – you guys, be sure to go go check that out. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, we are doing another watch party for our premium subscri subscribers. So if you go to patreon.com slash mavstepback, uh, it's $4 a month. You get access to these watch parties and any other bonus content that I post. Uh, if I ever talk with Mark Cuban or whoever, uh, I give you guys early access to all of that uh, on the Patreon account. And, you know, if you want to 
if it's not what you think it is, if you don't like it, you know, if you want to cancel after one go of it, you're more than, I mean, you're more than welcome to It's not going to hurt my feelings, but go give it a try uh, and give us a, give us a watch on the, on the watch parties. We're doing our next one on Friday night. It's a late game against the Memphis Grizzlies who have been playing extremely well themselves. They could be on like a 10 or 11 game win streak by the time the Mavs play uh, the Grizzlies on Friday. So that will be another big test. Uh, and Dylan Brooks is out for the next three weeks. So uh, Luca might actually have a huge game against Memphis for once. Dylan Brooks always gives him issues. But uh, those watch parties are super fun. It's just like Green Room, but we have a sync stream of the game in the background. So everybody's watching at the same exact time. It's live. It's not, you know, the app is called Playback, but it's not actually playing it back. It is a live stream of the game. Uh, it's in beta right now, so you don't have to have any kind of, you know, extra login stuff, anything. You click the link, you join us, you get in the chat, or you can join us on stage, and we have a great time. So be sure to do that. Guys, appreciate it again. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll see you next